The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome to the Saints Happy Hour Podcast with host Ralph Malbro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of SaintsNation.com, Kevin Held of the Team Drops the Ball, and Dave Cariello of Canal Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis. Which four of you would survive the longest in the zombie apocalypse, and in which order would you die? Well, Ralph, no offense, you're going first. No, definitely. <laughs> no, no, no. The zombies would smell Dave's sugar blood and target him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have a joke, Dave. Dave, Dave smells like nougat. Now here's your host, Ralph Malbrose. Welcome to the Saints Happy Hour Podcast. As always, we are sponsored by Third Wave Water. Andrew, do you ever wonder why the coffee you make at home never tastes as good as the coffee you buy at the coffee shop? Here's the secret. I, I don't I don't drink coffee, actually. Well, you should. Coffee shops spend thousands of dollars to make the perfect water for coffee. And now with a little 10 cents a cup, you can duplicate the magic at home. Third Wave Water has patent-pendant formula of minerals. You add it to a gallon of distilled water, it makes coffee brewing magic. Recently at the U.S. Brewers Cup Championship, the first and second place finishers brewed their coffee with Third Wave Water. Check out their website, thirdwavewater.com. Use the promo code SAINTS for 10% off of your first order, thirdwavewater.com. We love them. They're awesome. Um, all right. So uh, a few of you should probably go ahead and – Use that so that they stay our sponsor. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so if you drink, if you drink coffee, seriously, yeah, go there, yeah. please. Yeah, especially if you give, got, give it a give it a shot. We yeah, need we you, need sponsors. Yeah, if you got like the, the 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 fancy ninja coffee machine, knock it out. So look, um, the Saints. Me and Andrew, Andrew, we were texting today, and I was trying to think of like when have the Saints ever looked this bad under Peyton. And I originally I was like, nah, they've never looked this bad. But 2007, they got their teeth kicked in the first two games. Mm-hmm. Colts beat them 41 to 10. Tampa beat them 31 to 14. That's a long time ago. Granted, this feels kind of worse. I don't know why. Maybe it's just because they were coming off a winning season and we just shook it off. This feels like the bo- like Sunday felt like. I hope it's the bottom of the Peyton era because it was fucking terrible, even though I predicted the score almost exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I can't speak for every fan. I, I think Dave will agree with this statement. But, you know, I got to say, this is exactly what I expected. You did. You know, after the first game and, you know, I, I mean – Tongue in cheek, I said fifty-one to ten Patriots. Um, you know, did I really believe that that would be the final score? Probably not. But that game felt like fifty-one and ten. It could, you if, know? if the Patriots and and in the first game, in the first game, really did too. And and you know, yes, these are two-score games because you know the Vikings and the Patriots. Um, 
you know, kind of stop going full throttle. And, and I think in the NFL, when you go up several scores and you know you're not going to lose, uh, you start to get in preservation mode a little bit. If Belichick and, wanted 50 points, he'd have got 50 points. Yesterday. Yeah, yeah, I, absolutely. And so I, I really think, you know, these two games – to me, were much, much worse than the score. And if this was college football, th- those are 50 to 10 games. And, uh, you know, I, I just think that that's what I expect. The Saints are just young. They're making a ton of mental errors. Um, and, and on defense, they're just flat out not good enough. I felt like the Patriots. They're, they're worse than last year. They're I, worse. I felt like Belichick looked at the tape and was like, they're really young. And the Patriots, they ran like a weird like slip screen. They ran all kinds of motion the first two series. Like they just came out and haymakered the Saints with like the most confusing, complicated offensive formations that you could drop on a young team and they just put the boot on the throat. <laughs> That's what I felt like to me. Mm-hmm. In the fir- especially the first two series. But Dave, you were at the game like me. Well, yeah. I didn't realize. I mean, you know, I I, st- I I was at the game and I didn't realize until I got home and I I replayed you know, the, the beginning of the game on TV last night. I mean, I didn't realize that the Panthers, I mean, that the, uh, the Panthers, that the Patriots only had three wide receivers dressed yeah. and ready to play. Um, didn't matter. Meaning, well, it, it, well, it, it, it didn't matter because they, they wound up getting the job done with a lot of short stuff to their, to their running backs. Um, and I don't know whether the Saints just weren't prepared for that and didn't expect that, uh, but I mean, it definitely seemed like the Patriots had uh, had had the absolute best game plan dialed up and, and were very well prepared for this game, as you would expect for a team uh, like the Patriots, who got their asses handed to them on Thursday night football and had an extra three days or four days to prepare. Andrew, how much of it was the Patriots had an awesome plan and how much of it with the Saints linebackers for the 10th consecutive year can't cover shit? <laughs> uh, I, I definitely think uh, it's a combination of both, I would say. Um, I think at the end of the day, Tom Brady, he's, he's the best. He's the greatest of all time. And, um, you know, very seldom – Ever have I now? Obviously, Breeze is not Cam Newton. He's not Russell Wilson. So I've never seen him run like some other guys. But running aside, or you know, just sheer speed and playmaking ability, this is one of the only games I can remember where I watched a quarterback and I thought to myself, "Damn, I've never seen Breeze do that before." And it it was less maybe even about the the domination from a passing perspective and it was more just command of the situation uh telling the refs on two separate occasions what happened and quickly either getting them to pick up a flag or throw a flag <laughs> he was basically telling the refs how to do their job and they were doing occasions and they were and he was and they accepted so he was so he was he was the one that told the refs he, he was the one that got the rest to throw flags on those two turnovers on that same drive. Yeah. Well, the first turn, <laughs> the first turnover, let's be real. You have 12 he, men. Yeah, you have he, 12 men. He, there's no, no doubt. No arguing that. He, no. he never throws that ball unless he knows that it's 12 men in the field on the yeah, first interception. Yeah. yeah. You know, this, um, Dave, I was at the game like you. I felt like Saints fans, and, and I, I used the little antidote in my column about the dude who was – 
was at the concession stand, and he was like, I just want my fucking water! I just want my water! And then he's like, he apologized to the concession lady, and he's like, I just want a water and a defense, and I'm pretty sure he was crying. Like, I'm not making this up. And I feel like that's where the Saints fans are. Like, they're just, like, we're broken emotionally. Like, the Saints defense has broken us emotionally. Like, that's where we are in 2017. But it should be, that that's counterintuitive. Um, because to me, it seems like we've been so used to seeing a shitty Saints defense that we should absolutely be immune and, uh, to it. And we, it should not affect us at all anymore. We should, you know, Stockholm syndrome or whatever the hell it's called. Preseason was a, was was so so good a lie. We just, I mean, that's, that's, that's really the problem. We drink it Yeah, that's really the that, that's really the problem is uh, and, and, and I'm, you know, I, I think you and me are also. Uh, I was guilty. Uh, I thought that we, you I know, thought the pass rush would be better. I mean, yeah, you know, but, but, who would have thunk Brock, Brock Osweiler and Case Keenum are not Tom Brady? I mean, yes. you know, before the preseason, I think we were probably both saying, you know, we were saying seven and nine. And by the end of the preseason, when we were ready to go into week one, we were like, oh, nine and seven. Definitely for sure. Yeah. And um, give you Andrew, know, we were wrong. Andrew, I'll give you credit. You have been saying. All through training camp, even before, you say what you said in the summer, before training camp, before it all, and you've stuck to your guns the whole way. Repeat it for the people. I think they've forgotten it. Well, I think in the off season, I was saying six and ten the whole way, yeah. and then I think I came up to seven and nine after preseason. But um, um, no, I mean the main thing I said was when you're as bad as the Saints are defensively, and make no mistake, it, we've been stuck in a cycle for for five years now um, where. The, the defense just has been non-existent. And when you're stuck in that cycle, you just can't get better by subtracting the talent that you have. And I, I told Ralph point blank when this Unger, Armstead, and and Fairley stuff hit, all three of them, I just told Ralph, Ralph, I'm not sure they can win with these guys. But when you lose three of your top seven players, you're fucked. Like, it just has to have an impact. You're, yeah, I mean, that's what I told Ralph. The Saints are and fucked. Ralph. Yeah. Well, bro came later, but yeah, I mean, that yeah. just that compounds the issue. That makes it even worse. Yeah. But, you know, I go again, like all those guys, if they're playing, I'm not sure the Saints win these first two games. I'm not sure they're one and one with those guys, but I know they're 0 and 2 without them. Yeah. And the thing is, I think. Um, go ahead, Dave. No, no, you go ahead, Ralph. My, I was just going to say, sort of I, I think sort of we forget about fairly because it happened so long ago, but I can tell you on certain occasion, two huge plays in that game, the touchdown to Gronk and a third down completion. Brady stepped up in the pocket because the saints actually had good edge pressure. Fairly's playing. Those are sacks and Brady or Brady can't make those throws. And I'm not saying the saints win if they have fairly, but I'm saying that game; those two, those two huge plays are different. And fairly, man, he he. The two things the Saints' defense did last year, Andrew, in spite of being horrible, what did they do? They you couldn't run on them, you couldn't shove them around, right? They were they were 11th against the run, and fairly gave them six and a half sacks and a lot of interior interior pressure. And those are two things mm-hmm. that they did well. And now they're gone. Yep. You know, and I think fans, I think fans forget. A lot it. of people, a lot of people were quick to say, you know, well, they got Rankins, and you know, yeah, Rankins where is, is Rankins? Is he, the, is he still on the team? Yeah. 
I mean, fairly, he is not. Maybe he will be one day, but, um, you know, right now it's a far cry. Dave, I was pretty high on Okafor, like as a better than Kruger. I'm not sure he is necessarily. Um, what, what, what to you besides, besides the secondary just being an abomination? What's Okafor does have eight tackles, three yeah, for man. a loss. Yeah. He has three tackles for a loss. He's good against the run. He's better than Kruger against the yeah. run. I'll give him that. But Dave, what for, um, what for you has been most dis- well, disappointing about the defense? Not the, not the corners. We'll get to the corners in a second. Well, first, uh, you know, first of all, I think Kruger is probably uh, at the very bottom of the totem pole. Nick Underhill came and talked to all of us Stuart Hall dads um, last week, actually, during that Patriots uh, Chiefs game. And uh, he had mentioned Kruger and he was he, he had said that was just a terrible, terrible sign. Kruger was just just absolutely useless. But um, no, I, I, what I was most disappointed in is, I, I, you know, I would say the linebackers, obviously. Linebackers are a big issue, too. I, in particular, I think we have to talk about uh, Anzalone, 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 or whatever the hell you want to pronounce it. Um, he was he was completely responsible for those two touchdowns in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, you know, like I said, I rewatched this game. A lot of times I, don't, I won't rewatch it, but, um, but I rewatched this one since I had been in the dome and I like to get the different perspective and see what it's like on TV. But, um, uh, the first touchdown, you know, he was in man to man coverage with, uh, what Burkhead and Burkhead went in motion and went in the slot and he followed him and he was on him. But I mean, Burkhead just, you know, he, he went up and he faked to the inside and went outside and that was all he needed to do. Uh, Anzalone bit and Burkhead was gone. I mean, that, that is just a pure. It's just a pure talent issue, um, and then obviously on the second one, he Anzalone is is responsible for covering uh, uh, Gronkowski. I mean, he looked uh, like a fool on that play. Well, and then so did uh, whoever Vaccaro was. Yeah. Vaccaro. No, it was, I mean, it was Williams. Williams, Williams Marcus had, Williams. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just that that tackle. I mean, that was that looked like Pee Wee football trying to tackle Gronkowski. Gronk, I know he's a big guy. Gronk scored I mean, touchdown. I, I, I mean, I mean, I know Gronkowski is a big guy, and he's tough to take down. But I mean, you gotta you gotta come at him with more than ankle biting. Um, oh, and the Patriot fans in the but, dome uh, are the worst. God. So I mean, you know, you, you talk about those those two touchdowns right there, and they were the responsibility and the fault of of one single player. And it's just it's just they're they we, we they're just not a talented group of guys. That's what you get when you play rookies. Yeah, and it's gonna here. happen. You know, the, the only thing the only thing I think we can hope for is that, and it may not be this season, it might be next season, it might take a whole year, but the only thing you hope for is that these guys take these lessons, take their lumps, and they get better and they improve. Well, that's where we are right now. I, I think... Um, we hope. We hope that's where we are. Yeah, I mean, that's... I, I don't know that this defense is going to stay this bad forever. I mean, first of all, let's remember that this is as bad as it gets, I think, in terms of the quarterback that they face. Brady's the best they're going to face all year. Um, Matt Ryan's. Yeah, I saw yeah. him last night. He's pretty close. Or yeah, in the vicinity. Yeah, he's pretty close. No. Yeah, and then we play the Packers too. So <laughs> it'll be Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> but, uh, God, we're fucked. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I think 
the only way for these guys to learn, and I'm talking about Marcus Williams, Anzalone, um, even Rankins to an extent, PJ Williams, um, is they just need more reps. They need to play. They, they, they all lack experience and Von Bell's another one. And, you know, I, I just think it's going to take time. It's going to take time for these guys. And it's going to take time for the saints to figure out if they have something in these guys. All right. I'm going but for better or for worse, they're playing. Yeah, I'm going to say something really provocative, but I don't care. I think it's true. The C.J. Spiller era for the Saints is going to be looked at more fondly than the Adrian Peterson era, Dave. Because <laughs> C.J. Spiller scored that awesome touchdown. He had right. the awesome touchdown right. in overtime against Dallas. Against Adrian Dallas. Peterson is not going to have a moment even close to that with the Saints. Probably not. Probably not. I, you know, I, I think there's – obviously there's the stuff on the field. Obviously I, I think it's obvious that he's lost a step. Um, but now, I mean, I, I also think that there's probably stuff off the field. That you know, pitch probably... play on fourth and one was painful to watch. <laughs> it really, no, seriously. Well, it was, it was kind of sad. Like you looked at him, you're like, "Oh, that's not." I, I don't think you'll. I don't think you'll be seeing much of Peterson as we go forward, unless, of course, there's uh, some injury uh, issues. But I mean, Andrew, how did ever? I have. It been... doesn't even seem like they really are even attempting to figure him into the yeah Andrew, into the game plan. Andrew, I, mean, really. I can't remember. Yeah, but they can't. That's the thing. I mean. You... When, when you're you playing have, from behind, I know. Yeah, I know. yeah. If you have a lead and you're trying to run the clock, I'm sure he would get some playing time. But, sure. you know, this is yep. the, these two games could not have played out worse in terms of him be, having some involvement in the offense. Oh, that's right. And, and, but how, and how long is he going to take this? I, I mean, I feel like at his age, you know, he, he's not going to, you know, he doesn't have to necessarily be quiet. He, he's, he's been around a long time. He's not necessarily as afraid to speak up and, yeah, I just wonder how long you know, how, how how long is he going to stay happy for? He's not happy now. I mean, he I wasn't. There you yeah. How long is it going to take? How about three quarters of game one? He's <laughs> pissed off in the second half of the Vikings game. Well, you know, I, I mean, I mean, really unhappy. Andrew Malcolm Butler didn't play a lot against the Saints, and Kenny Vaccaro's on the trade block. How about Kenny Vaccaro and Hendrickson and a third <laughs> round pick? For Malcolm Butler, who says all no? of it? Who says no? I mean, listen, we don't have any corners, and and the PJ Truthers are being incredibly quiet out there. They are, they are quiet as a church mouse. They, They're silent. They don't even. Yep. They don't even. They don't even. They don't even try to come at me. Well, Ralph, surely you gotta you gotta be poking the bear a little bit. Come on, no, you gotta have a little fun now. Come on, P- come PJ on. Williams. I, I will I give I will give him this. He does lead the team in tackles, but when you're a cornerback, that's not a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> Ralph, give give me give me some at Twitter handles, and I'll I'll uh, I'll I'll come at him. I'll get a little something started. <laughs> you start with Brian. Oh yeah, yeah. Curious, sixteen. He, he's a big PJ Williams truther. Yeah. Um, uh, so, but but Andrew, um, I think Ken, Ken, Kenny Vaccaro, he's not he's not making it to Halloween on this team, right? He's he's getting shipped out. Mm, no, I think he'll finish out the year, and then the Saints won't resign him. You think he's gonna? I mean, they benched him yesterday. Yeah, but he'll be back. Sean Payton said today that he's still, yeah. you know, part of the solution. 
You know, Vaccaro had a tough assignment, man. I mean, he, he's definitely frustrated me over the years, and I don't think he's ever lived up to the hype. But um, nobody can cover Gronk, you know. So I, I think, you know, his job in this game was single coverage, man up on Gronk, and nobody can do that. You know, Eric Berry's the best in the league, and I watched him struggle in that in that role um, a week ago. So, you know, Vaccaro will have a better time. And, you know, he, he doesn't have to face Greg Olson this weekend. So, um, you know, I, I think that Vaccaro could have a good game against the Panthers. Dave, uh, we were, we're, we're not, we got the Vaccaro report and we weren't even two weeks in to the season. Um, when I'm trying to think of when we were going to hit peak splash report. And I thought of it, I think I might've mentioned it to Andrew, when we, when the Vicar thing broke, but I or oh I just thought of it today. I can't remember. But the, the the splashiest, ultimate, biggest splash report in the history of the world is Ian Rappaport or Lock and Fora reporting that Drew Brees will waive his no trade clause. And if the Saints uh, want to trade, can... and if the Saints want to trade him, they can trade him. Like on a scale of one to ten, what's the odds of that happening in 2016 no. before the trade deadline? Uh. Very little. Um, and I'll tell you why. Because Drew Brees is not going to let the Saints decide where he's going to play next. Uh, Drew's going to make that decision with his family. And uh, the only way you do that is when you wait to the offseason when his, you know, he's gonna, the, the contract has the void or whatever in it after this year. Uh, and then he'll be able to decide where he goes. He's not going to let the Saints decide where he's going to go. That's a fair point. You shot my splashy splash report down. <laughs> but now I could I could see the splash report being. Well, uh, can't true. the splash report happen anyway? Though, yeah, that's even true. If it's not true. <laughs> I mean, I could see the splash report being Drew Brees will be, you know, will definitely take the void on his contract or whatever, you know, whatever it is. Uh, and will choose to become a free agent. That would that could be the splash report. I mean, that's happening a hundred percent, though, Andrew. How that contract is is built, right? Yeah. Well, he could sign a new contract before that. Yeah, but they haven't done anything. I, I'm going to say this: wherever Drew Brees isn't taking a fucking penny less from the Saints, and he's not taking a penny less from any other team to go win a title. Like that's not Drew Brees. He's not. He's not. He's not doing no Tom Brady discount deal to win a ring oh if he hits free agency next year someone will pay him two two years 60 million denver i don't know simeon's because because they'll look at it as a a a one-year rental for to try to win a super bowl and if and if he washes out then they they just you know cut him after a year yeah but but yeah but if but how much do you guarantee of it you know, I think you take the risk. I mean, Breeze is still playing at a high level, so you know, I, I think you take the risk. You know, it's funny. I mean, I'm looking at his numbers right now, and a lot of this has been pat statting, uh, stat padding, um, based on um, <laughs> pat statting, pat, pat statting, <laughs> based on uh, you know, just garbage yards and whatnot. But you've got 66 percent completions, 316 yards a game, three touchdowns, no picks, a rating of 102. Now, if you told me through two games that Breeze would put up numbers like that, I'd feel pretty good. Except that the opponents have been passing for 80%, yeah. 80.3, for 388.5 yards a game, six touchdowns, no interceptions, for a total rating of 
and no turnovers. Yeah, that's the scary. The scariest thing with the the 2017 Saints, and I told this, I said this on Twitter, and I said it to Andrew. The scariest thing, Dave, is that they've gotten dump truck twice, and they haven't turned the ball over. They haven't turned the ball, but they haven't gotten it. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but their turnover differential is still zero. I right. That's terrifying. And they're getting trucked. Like what? what, If if they if they go to Carolina, if they they went on a turnover binge, you'd at least be like, all right, well, that's correctable. They protect the football and. You know, maybe they have a chance, but they're getting trucked with the the playing field being completely even. Right. That's how we know they're bad. Yeah, that's <laughs> we exactly can't make right. any excuses. We can't make any excuses. <laughs> if this was an experiment, there, everything would be, you know, I don't know what that, I'm forgetting. It's been a long time. There is no but. light at the end of the tunnel. Everything that is, is a train. controlled. This is, this is, this is a controlled experiment. This is a controlled ah. they're, not letting, somebody, they're not letting somebody turnovers. On Twitter, somebody on Twitter said that every time the Saints kick a field goal, it feels like a punt. And you said. And I took it a step further and said, every time they punt, it's, it's a, a turnover. turnover. <laughs> <laughs> which was just, which was just phenomenal. Uh, it was, it was, it was like my favorite thing on Twitter the whole day. But I've, I, I came up with a good thing that we're going to do later. I asked people for Twitter questions and describe your 2017 Saint sadness in five words or less. And the response, yeah, I bet you got some good ones. The responses are amazing. Um, Before the game, I predicted on Twitter, I said the Saints would give up 17 points off the Patriots' first three drives. You undersold it. It was 20. It was 20. (laughs) It was – I mean, it was just – that was just – that was like Mike Tyson punch out. Just like like a drop. Just like done. You know, I mean, the Patriots weren't – The Saints were glass, Joe. Yeah, the the Saints were – the Bill Belichick was – they weren't fucking around, like you know. Like Patriots came out here and was like, "We're just gonna, we're you know." And the Saints, I don't know why they deferred the kickoff. Like they should not put that deep. They, <laughs> that was a bad idea. Yeah, they just need to take. They need to take the ball every fucking game and tr- and try to score and try to get ahead. And maybe the defense lucks into a three and out, or you fall ass backwards into a turnover or something like they should. I thought Tony Romo explained a pretty good point, which I, I never really considered. He said a lot of teams at home like to defer because he said it's really quiet to start the third quarter because everyone's getting a beer, going to the bathroom, getting some food right after right at halftime and as halftime's ending. And so he said it's always good to have your offense out to start the third quarter because people rush back to their seats, but it's more quiet. And so, you know, when your defense gets back on the field after that first drive, you know, then the energy picks back up. So. Counterpoint, the Saints defense is atrocious. <laughs> yeah, but if it's going to be atrocious, does it really matter when they get on the field? No. It's all the same. Yeah, but I feel like the Saints, they need they need to do everything possible to try to get ahead to start the game. And, yeah. And that- all right, let's talk, about the, let's talk about the fourth down. Oh, Go for it. The, fourth, the, first the fourth down. Wait, when are we talking about Ted Ginn? We'll talk about Ted Ginn after we talk about the fourth down. The fourth down, the fourth down going forward in the second quarter was the equivalent of dad breaking the kid's piggy bank to pay for the electric bill. That's what that was. It might be the right thing to do, but it's sad, (laughs) desperate, and pathetic that that you're doing that in the second quarter. Yeah, I know all fans were clamoring for the Saints to go for it because Brady was on the other side and they were sick of field goals, but... To me, that was waving the white flag. I think when you have an opportunity in the first half to get points, you take them. There's so much game left. You have plenty of possessions left. And it, it's just it's way too desperate early in the day. And, and it's one of those things where 
at some point you're going to have to stop him regardless. I mean, if Brady is going to go down and score a touchdown every time he touches the ball, then the Saints had already gotten stopped once or twice, so it wouldn't have mattered. So at the end of the day, like the Saints were going to have to stop him to have a chance, and you've got to kick the ball off, put him back at their 20, make him drive 80 yards on you again or 75 yards and prove that they can do it over and over. But, you know, if you're kicking a field goal, I, I just think – I'm sorry, if you go for it at that point, and obviously they fail to pick up the first down, um, you know, you're just making it that much harder on yourself. Dave, what did you think about the fourth down before we get to Ted Ginn? I don't even really remember the fourth down that much, to be quite <laughs> honest with blacked you. blacked out. Oh, I might, I may the, have. The other thing that I thought was insane was that they take the penalty, take the points off Oh, dude, off the that board, was fucking ridiculous. Oh, they, that one. And then oh, try yeah. to draw them off sides. They deserved, which, they deserved a missed field goal for that. They didn't get it. Will Lutz <laughs> made it, but the Saints deserved to miss that field goal. Yeah, I mean, it was a what was it like a thirty-seven yard yeah. field goal? Yeah, like I mean, it, you know, it's it wasn't a gimme. And you got a dicey situation, perhaps with a long snapper. I mean, he was good last week; he was good again this week. But like, it made no sense. Like, I forgot. What are you? Do, what are you doing? Like, what the fuck are you doing? The guy, the guy That's next nuts. to me was the guy next to me was so confused. He was That's so nuts. fucking confused. It was absolutely nuts. <laughs> like either, either, what what you can you. Can't you? Couldn't they have added the penalty on the kickoff? Uh, no, they have no, to, no, they have no. to do, I decline mean, it and take the points. Yeah, yeah like I, the guy, decline, the guy, decline it and take the points. I mean, period, period. The guy, the guy, the guy next to me was freaking out because when he, when they when they accepted it and uh, and took the points off the board and they went back out there, you know, he didn't realize, I've been, we've been watching this team a long time, so we know it's when they go out there that they're just going to do a hard count, and they're not actually going to snap the ball. Well, right. this guy this guy didn't know that, and he was freaking out. He was like, why would they do that? Oh, oh my God, I can't believe this. Yeah. They're going to, like, they're not going to, now they're not going to get it. I mean, he, you know, he didn't know. I was like, no, it's, you know, no, here's what they're going to do, and I explained it to him. He was like, oh, okay. I was like, but it's still ridiculous, because now they got to go and kick that field goal that they have already made. Yeah, it the same with a, a, a Patriots defensive tackle flinched. He didn't jump off sides. Obviously, I know. But he, but he, I, I don't but it, see. That's the thing. It almost, it almost worked. It, yeah. almost, it, worked. it almost worked. And and if it works, then you're saying, oh man. Yeah, Peyton but that's like fucking, his, he's Peyton's playing 4D chess. No, that's like that's like that's like doubling down on a six on blackjack. <laughs> I mean, if, yeah. If you if you hit a if you get a jack and the dealer busts, it's like yeah, it worked, but it was fucking retarded, is what it was, you know. <laughs> I mean, um, so look, uh, Ted Yin, Dave, um, classic, classic Yin. <laughs> oh God, it's happening already. I'm. This is so great. Good. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's it. I mean, I mean the. The first one that he, in the end zone, I, I thought that was well defended, so I, I don't give him that one. But the one on the sideline on the out route, it was, there was nobody even in coverage. He was just all alone. That's, and he, the, hardest, he just, that's the hardest. He just stuck. He, his arms were right there. He stuck him out. I mean, it looked like a looked like it, it was like a warm-up catch. Everything was just so easy, and he just he just dropped it for classic, no fucking reason classic, at all. Classic kid. Oh, my God. Uh, Couldn't believe it. Could not believe it. Andrew. How I thought. Over, how was he still in this league? How how is he, he still can, employable? Because he can run fast. He can still run by dudes. 
You gotta have the ball first. To it run. doesn't matter, dude. He's been playing a decade. <laughs> He's been playing a decade with shitty hands. He can just run. He can run. He can run by yeah. dude. Still, uh, I'm laughing about it now. But there's gonna be a close game, and it's gonna go to him, and he's gonna fucking drop <laughs> uh, a wide open pass, and it's not gonna be funny. It's Car- Kobe Fleener was pretty good again. Yeah, he did. Carbage. Kobe Fleener's gonna be a top. He's gonna be a top six fantasy tight end. You watch. Um, garbage time. Uh, Andrew. How did, I thought the offense overall. I mean, if if he, if Peyton if Peyton does the right thing and kicks the field goal, they would have had 16 points in the first half. Granted, it wasn't nearly enough. But I, w- I would take 16 points and a half every every week, time every week. So they didn't. They did it without both of their tackles and, and teams. I know Saints fans. I don't think we appreciate what the Saints do with their offensive line. If you watch other NFL games, offensive line play is so fucking terrible. The Texans. The Rams, uh, I'm trying to think of other teams that their, their offensive lines are just god-awful. Uh, Cincinnati, their offensive line. Like, they have so many the teams. Seahawks. The, C- the Seahawks. The, yeah, that's who I was thinking of. The Seahawks. Their offensive line is so terrible. And the Saints just keep doing it with Breeze. And I thought it was fine. But how much is Armstead and Sneed going to help them on offense? Forget about if it's going to be too late because it's already too late because they're not making the playoffs, whatever. But how much are they going to help them? <laughs> how much better can this offense be if you plug both of them in? I think, first of all, Snead just has such an incredible ability to feel, you know, how a defense is playing him and find soft spots in his own and uses strength to kind of muscle his way open and breeze can throw it in tight windows and he's got great hands. He'll catch it. So Snead is a tremendous element to this office offense, and especially in terms of moving the chains. And when you get in these third and threes and these fourth and ones where the saints have had trouble converting, I mean, Snead is sorely missed. He's a guy that would tr- help tremendously in those situations. So um, I, I mean, I can't wait to have him back for sure. And then as far as Armstead's concerned, we're talking about one of the best tackles in the league. So um, you know, especially when you're missing two, um, it's, it's, it's tough. I mean, Armstead, I would say what he does best besides pass protection, which has been a major issue for the saints. Um, it's when he gets to the second level, when he pulls on screens and, you know, he's out and he, he he's fast enough to kind of catch up to a linebacker and, and kind of blow it open for the running back. If the running back stays behind him. So, um, you know, that those are patented things in the saints offense that they haven't been able to kind of exploit. Yeah, and props to you. You called the off. People were bagging on you. I saw him Sunday morning when you were like, this is what they're going to do with the offensive line. They're going to change it around and like switch three positions around. And, 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 and you know, you, you basically said it was going to be uh, Pete, Calamete, Unger, Warford, Ramchek. And they were going to swap three positions. And Twitter kind of banged on you, and you were 100% right. Yeah, people thought I was nuts to move Ramchek to right tackle, but – you know, Streif is out for a while, so you know they, and and Peyton even said this later on. He said, you know, if if it, it was one thing, if it was just one week, and we were trying to patchwork it together, but he's like, you know, this is something that is for the foreseeable future, and so, um, you know, Ramchek. The main thing is Ramchek is the right tackle of the future. I mean, Streif is probably his last year with the Saints, and so, you know, if Ramchek is going to be the right tackle of the future, I think the Saints are probably just thinking, look, Streif is out. Let's just move him there now. And, you know, no time like the present if he's going to play there eventually. And so that leaves a hole at left tackle. And I, I just think, you know, that they don't want to move Pete. It's not ideal. But, 
Um, this is the best offensive line. I mean, to me, Calamante is much better at left guard than he is at right tackle. And that's just the reality of how injured they are. And, and uh, moving forward, I just think this is the best offensive line they can have. Dave, um, the Saints are on two, so people are clamoring. You know, I get emails saying they need to run Peterson more. I get emails, you know, they don't. Oh, run. God. But, but, but here's what wrong with that, people? That, that's, I know that. But, but what is a – There was a guy yeah. – Do we all agree guys? that Peterson's kind of done? Yeah, he's – no, he's – I don't – I haven't – I can't remember a player in the Sean Payton era that when he's in the game, I get more angry about it on offense. Because I know he's like, he's in the game. They're not throwing to him, so it's a run to him, and he sucks. Why is he wasting this down? Like, I can't remember ever having so much rage about a Saints offensive player under Peyton. But, but there, was a, there was a guy on Canal Street Chronicles who, who was upset with Ingram, and he was like, doesn't anybody ever wonder why, uh, why the Saints have been bad since that Ingram has been on the team? And it's like, dude. It's the fucking defense. Ingram is not the fucking problem for the last five years for the Saints. Unger's like, you been on, dude. Unger's been on the team for three years. They ain't been winning. Blame Unger. No, but here's Illusional. my here's my thing, Dave. Of of of. Well, of, they actually they've been seven and nine every year since Nick Underhill started covering the team. Yeah, Nick Underhill. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, the under the curse of Underhill. So, but Dave, who's a player that you're like? I want him to play more, and I'm not. And it doesn't even have to play, be a player that you're like. I think he's good. It could just be a a guy you're like. I want to see him play just because I want to see him play. Like, what's a change that you want him to do just because? Um, I I would say maybe uh, if they're gonna put out. Like Sterling Moore or Devontae Harris, I'd, I'd maybe like to see Ken Crawley in that role instead. Thank you. Uh, like seriously, uh, can I can I can we start a GoFundMe just to not have Devontae Harris on the field ever again? The, I don't want him on my TV box anymore. Get that man off my football team. Uh, and I mean, other than that, maybe maybe Muhammad. I'm, I'm not sure how much he's been out. I, I haven't really seen him out there much. Maybe just maybe. give him a whirl, see what he's got. I feel like Kikaha. He played nine plays, dude. He had a sack, a hit, and a tackle for a loss. Like, and I know, like they're they're worried that his knees could explode at any minute, Andrew. So like they they can't like put him out there for like half the game. But I feel like they need to ease him in more because he he did shit against the Patriots. Like they need to. They need to mix him in more, I think. Yeah, you stole my answer. I was going to pick Kikaha. And, um, you know, there's been one moment this season, just one, um, where where I've gotten jacked up, and it was him sacking Tom Brady in two games. That's really been the one moment that (laughs) I was like, hell yes, this is awesome. Um, And I've I've only gotten one moment like that in two Sundays. Um, So, yeah, I, I mean, for better or for worse, I've always loved Kikaha. I mean, he's probably one of my favorites on the team, and I don't even know if he's good, but I just love the way he plays, and I get excited when he makes plays. So, I don't know. I'd like to see more of him on the field. Yeah, him or Mohamed too. But but like you say, I mean, Okafor, he gives them nothing in the pass rush, but he's he's stout on that run game. Yeah, and and, and I'm with Dave. Like, it's not so much who's behind Devontae that I want to watch. It's just that I don't want to watch Devontae. (laughs) <laughs> you, you just want to <laughs> rotate him every two weeks and a new yes. guy to hate on. Yeah. I mean, Crawley, 
Sterling Moore, call up Arthur Mallet. I mean, whatever. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Arthur Mallet. He's still in the practice. He's still in the practice squad. Yes. Any right. anything that's not Devonte Harris. All right. Before we get to uh, Twitter questions and your five word Saint sadness in five words and our game prediction, I got to tell you one more time about third wave water. Do you ever wonder why coffee you make at home never tastes as good as the coffee you buy at the coffee shop? There's a secret. Coffee shops spend thousands of dollars to make the perfect water for making coffee. And now for as little as 10 cents a cup, you can duplicate the magic at home. Third Wave Water has a patent-pending formula of minerals that, when added to a gallon of distilled water, makes coffee brewing magic. Recently, at the U.S. Brewers Cup Championship, the first and second place finishers brewed their coffee with Third Wave Water. Check out their website, thirdwavewater.com, and use the promo code SAINTS to get 10% off your first order. Go there now. No, go there after the show, thirdwavewater.com. <laughs> or they can do it now. They're probably listening. Unless you're in your car. Don't be doing do it stuff. now. Don't be doing stuff in your car. Um, so, all right. We have amazing Twitter responses. I told people to ask Twitter questions and to give me your 2017 Saints sadness in five words or less. Uh, Oh, boy. I got a gif. If he dies, he dies. Uh, (laughs) Cajun Alaskan says, back to the Ditka days. Um, Reichert says, voodoo priestess payment came due. Here's a question, though. Here's a question, though, uh, Dave. Do you agree that Sean Payton will find success with a different team? Does he just need to change the scenery like Andy Reid? Yeah, I think there's a lot of truth to that. You know, I think that's a universal truth for coaches. You know, you just you get you get stale in one place and you start to lose your influence and, you know, all that. But when you move to a new team, everything's new. Uh, You're new to the players. Um, They don't know what to expect from you. uh, So you can, you know, sort of set the tone um, and, and, and nobody's, you know, complacent. Um, so yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all if, uh, if, if wherever Peyton winds up next, uh, he, he finds success fairly early. This is from Reichert. Did Sean Peyton text, uh, Keenan Lewis, what up boo at like three in the morning last night? <laughs> Andrew? Mm, probably. Yeah. Yes. I mean, they, and, and here's the thing. I know people on Twitter were like, look, they're, this, the 2017 20, uh, is a disaster. You can't trade the Saints. If they trade Vicar, they're in full rebuild mode. They're not going anywhere. They're not going to trade future assets for Butler. That's done. And I'm going to tell you, they traded for Mike McKenzie in 2004. And 2004, they were a fucking dumpster fire when they traded for Mike McKenzie. And gave up a second round pick. So don't think for a second Loomis won't pull that trigger if, if Belichick gets mad and comes down on the price. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, sure. Let's see. This is from MP61. Be careful what you wish for. Yeah, I know that's six words, whatever. Uh, this is from Dylan. <laughs> from Dylan. Ralph, do you want Sean Payton gone? You know, Dylan, I'm, I'm kind of undecided, but here's the thing with me is – I am so afraid of the post-Breeze future that I will continue to suffer the seven and nines as far as they'll go. And I know that makes me a horrible fan, and I don't want to win, and I'm not committed, and I don't want championships, blah, blah, blah. But if the Saints want to make the easy call and just bring Sean Payton back and give Drew Brees $62 million over two years, people are going to bitch. But you know what? And both of you guys can jump in. I'm, 
I'll be fine with it. I might bitch for like 10 seconds, but but deep down in my soul, I'll be fine with it. Andrew? Sorry, say again? I'll be fine with it. If the Saints... Re- fine with what? If they keep Sean Payton and they sign Drew Brees to a two-year extension. Oh, for another year? Yeah. Oh, I, I wouldn't want him extended. Oh, oh, you mean just keep... So Brees is the one that gets Yeah, Brees gets extended for two years and, and they just keep Sean Payton. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'd do it. Dave? I mean, I, I think most fans are ready to move on. I think this is the first time that I think we all feel like it's time to blow it up. And I, I do think it's run its course. And honestly, as painful as it would be to see Breeze in another jersey, I mean, it's kind of up to him. You know, I'm sure I'm sure Loomis will offer him something. And if he's like, nope, I'm leaving, or nope, somebody else offered me more, um, you know, it would be sad for me, but – I think we've all come to accept that things have to change pretty substantially. And, you know, it's, it's just a tough situation with Peyton because with Peyton, you know, he's got this deal and I don't know if he's going to walk away from it. So, you know, the Saints Loomis might have to t- talk Benson into a, an enormous buyout, you know, or when did you know, he sign made, that deal 20 before 2015? Yeah. So he did 2015, 2016, 20. So it was a five-year deal. So he'll have. He'll have like 27 million, like almost 30 million left on his deal. Yeah. I mean, I just, I don't know that. I mean, short of like the Saints going three and 13, I mean, sure, you know, if that happens. And and that's totally in play, by the way. But, you know, (laughs) in in the past. Just want to remind you of that. Yeah. But in the past, I mean, they've rebounded from these slow starts and you know if we have another one of those where you know the saints kind of get going and you know they finish seven and nine or six and ten and I, def- i'm not sure i'm not sure he's getting fired no he's not the, and the thing is man if they finish seven and nine and the defense like the last month is like holds teams to like under 27 they'll be like man we're making progress these kids man we're gonna get a defensive tackle we're gonna get a corner it's gonna be cool uh dave this is a great question i'm gonna change it up dylan asked this one too what would the point spread be if the 2017 <laughs> Saints played the 2012 Saints? <laughs> the point spread? Well, I think the point spread would be a pick but the over-under would be 60? Yeah. Uh, the, oh, no, you got to set it to where people are going to... Uh. The over-under for the Saints patch was 56 yeah, and a yeah. It was 56 yeah. and a half. I mean, Andrew... No, shot, you, now you could even you might even you could even go to like 63 64. Yeah, they But I mean like two, 2012 Saints would win that game because the, both defenses are equally terrible but the 2012 offense was so far was significantly better than what we've seen so far. Andrew, if the 2017 Well, he said the 2017 Saints versus the 2007 Saints, what would the point spread be? Oh, uh, Andrew, are you there? 2007 versus now? Yeah. It, I mean, two games into the season, I, I think it would be a pick'em. Yeah, two thousand seven was bad, man. They got, they got. It was bad, but 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 this to me, the point total is is better. So they lost what by ten yeah. in the first game, and what sixteen on Sunday. Yeah. So the point spread's only twenty six, but man, it feels every bit as bad as two thousand seven. Yeah. I mean, they got they went to Tampa, and Tampa. Was up twenty eight to nothing after three quarters, and Cadillac yeah. Cadillac Williams with his sixty year old man knees was running rough shot over him. Uh, 
Let's see. Um, do, 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 do. What? This is from Chris, Dave, or Andrew. What if this is truly young defensive growing pains and they get it together by the London game and play, play great the rest of the year? Is it even possible? Um, I think it's completely possible that we start to see significant improvement by the London where, game. And where, then... where, where are we going to see that improvement? Uh, I think, I think Anzalone could get a lot better. Um, I think the coverage could get better. Um, you know, the pass rush is what it is, but you know, I, I still think Rankins could the light could come on. I also, I also just think the deeper you go into a season, you're just going to play worse offensive lines than what the Saints have seen so far. Um, you're going to play worse quarterbacks too. So, you know, I, I think I do think it'll get better. I just think. With youth like this, it kind of comes and goes. So I, I don't think it's like the light's going to come on and then they're going to be great for the rest of the season. I think the light will come on in spurts and there'll be times where they play better. Um, anyway, we'll, we'll talk about the Carolina game in, in a minute, yeah. but um, I, I'm expecting a lot more from them this week. Yeah. Another, this is from D. Williams, uh, the Saints sadness in five words or less, come get paid in N.O. <laughs> uh, Dave, <laughs> pick one player to come back tomorrow. Between Armstead, Bro, Sneed, or Streif, you can have one of them come back tomorrow. Who is it? <clears throat> That's a good question. Uh, bro. That's a good question. Andrew, who would you pick on that? What were my choices again? Armstead, Bro, Sneed, Streif. I mean, shit, Sneed's coming back after next week anyway, so. Right, yeah. Three games? I mean, am I promised that they're 100% healthy when they come back? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I'd take bro. Yeah. I think, uh, I think, like, bro can, bro would help them immeasurably against Carolina because we'll get to that in a second. But Lattimore, he might be, he's going to be the best corner the Saints have had in 25 years. Like, he is. He. I just not anymore. You just fucking jinxed him. Well, I mean, he got. He's in the concussion protocol already. But he, they need him. To play, they need him to play badly. Monday. I mean, uh, Sunday. Uh, five words. This is from Shive. Cornerbacks needed apply within. Um, Andrew, what? Who? Why do you? My son had a interception last week in his flag football game. Just saying. <laughs> just saying. Two years. Two. Two years. Who's clapping? To me. Two years. Six million dollars. Oh. Yeah, we'll sign. Uh, why, why, Andrew, why do you think Breeze never takes discounts like Brady and do you hold it against him? Um, I don't hold it against him. I mean, frankly, I think Breeze should milk the Saints for all they're worth because, he, you know, we're making him suffer the prime <laughs> of his career with, in giving him this trash defense. Nobody I, ever feels bad for Cam Jordan like they feel bad for Breeze. I feel bad. Yeah. For, I feel bad for Cam Jordan. That dude plays I, hard, and he's up surrounded by trash. And I think a lot of Saints fans are like, "Well, the whole reason we're awful is because of Breeze's contract." No. There's some fans that say that, and I'm sorry, but it, it's not Breeze's fault that we drafted half these clowns and you know instead of taking Brandon Cooks and giving up a first round pick to get him um you know that's that's two first round pick defenders that could be on the other side of the ball right now and I don't care what you say I mean Cooks was a bad pick because he he was a problem from within and 
receivers have always worked for the Saints. Yeah. And I, I just I think I think Cooks is a bad pick, and I think trading up for Mark Ingram was a bad pick. That's another two first round picks where those could be two well, starters on your well, defense. Well, no, but Cooks they gave up a third, but Ingram they did give up a future. One. They did give up a, f- a future one. I'm just saying those are yeah. more bodies that you could have on defense, yeah. and and you know I I mean so I think trading up for Cooks and Ingram were mistakes, and then. Uh, you uh, Ingram added, was fucking Connor Payton's fault. Let's, uh, yeah, true. Let's get that <laughs> and uh, you add to that, you know, the mistakes that I would say are, you know, the Stanley Jean Baptiste's and all that. So, you know, that I don't blame Breeze for that. You know, as far as Brady kind of taking less than he's due, I think it's a unique situation. First of all, he's married to Giselle, who makes a lot of money. So he you know, he doesn't, you know, he and, and Breeze has a different agenda, man. Breeze is all about the players association yep. and, and setting trends and, and uh, fighting against the man. And uh, he cares a lot about that stuff. Yeah. So that's the only, know, I, that's the only time he's interesting in interviews when you ask him about player association stuff. The, yeah. re- the rest of the time he's just cliches, cliches, cliches. And I wish, I wish the national media would figure that out when they have him on. Cause if you ask him player union, owner stuff like he's really good and he's really smart and he really cares about it and it's really interesting you know um this is another uh five saints in five words or less and less and no depth anywhere i like that one um this is uh from sean or from uh sean orleans i don't know do you guys know that guy uh never heard of him uh, is he new yeah new he's on new. twitter he said I fucking told you so. Listen, ass wipe. <laughs> you left the platoon when we needed you the most. You know? You're, you're dead to me. You're dead. He's, he's, he's tweeting out platoon gifts at me. I don't, appreci- <laughs> I don't appreciate that. Yeah, he, I don't appreciate he, that. He's, he's deserted us, man. He's, he's, like the, he's like the helicopter pilot in Vietnam who dropped us off. Yeah, you know, in, in the middle of a field mine, and and now we're left to fend for ourselves, and he's yeah. not coming back to get us. Yeah, <laughs> this is my baby. My Here we are in the trenches, Kevin, and you're just flying, flying away, flying yeah. away. Here, eating th- your snowball, eating <laughs> your wedding cake snowball. <laughs> this is from the African Asian. This might be my favorite one. Devonte Harris was guarding him. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have a winner. This is from Boat Lawyer. I've already seen this movie. That's pretty good. Uh, or this one from uh, the Todd Newberg, Devonte Harris. <laughs> That's six words. That's six. Uh, San Bradford's has career night. Um, that's. Let's see. Go away, Peyton and Loomis. Sean, this is from Patrick. Sean lost his mojo, baby. 12, 2012's defense won't be worse. Uh, staring down into the, the abyss. That's from Adam. Uh, instead of a system corner, can we get a system coach, Andrew? That's from Chris Smith. <laughs> Who's that? Like Andy Reid? Yeah. Uh, this is from the Todd again. Somehow the defense got worse. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. Uh, Dave. So see- you know, you know the record for like the worst yielded rating of all time. That that was the Saints in uh, 2015 at 116.2. 
that that's totally in play. And that's I mean, that's we're, better. We're at, that's, we're at 141 right now. And 116 <laughs> is like the equivalent of like better than Tom Brady, right? Yeah. Better than his career rating. Like that's ridiculous. Carol, uh, this is from Dizzle Dave. Season over. Uh, no, no. All right. No, for for uh for um comparison, there's only been five quarterbacks in NFL history, ever. That have posted better than one sixteen point two in a season, and the Saints gave that to sixteen quarterbacks wow. every single one they faced in twenty fifteen. But let's see: Rodgers, Peyton Manning, Nick Foles, Tom Brady, and Matt Ryan last year. Oh five God. quarterbacks. Brees has never done it. Yeah. This is from James Tauber. Fire Dennis Allen now. We want another. Who you? If you fire Dennis Allen, who are you going to make defensive coordinator? Aaron Glenn. Like, come on, man. I mean, you, you, you're there. Dude, that, I don't think Sean Payton's ever having another defensive coordinator in New Orleans. Like, Dennis Allen's the last guy, whether he stays for two more years or he's fired after this year. But, all right, so that's the question. Thanks, everybody, for playing five words or less Saint sadness. It was fun. We enjoyed it. Um, all right, the Saints are going to Carolina. Dave, they are a six-and-a-half-point underdog to the Carolina Panthers, who will be without Greg Olson, who murders the Saints on a regular basis. Uh, so who you got in this game, Dave? Um, you know, my heart wants to say, uh, you know, the Saints are going to come back. You know, they're going to have a bounce-back game. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I mean, I just... I I can't I I can't my brain just can't allow me to to say that I mean there, there's there's no evidence to prove uh, or to 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 show me that that would that that's going to happen so uh, as as bad as it's going to be to get off to an zero and three start uh, I think that's probably what's going to wind up happening. Who's going to be the goat then? Uh, well, I'm going to say uh, you know especially since we're playing in Carolina. I will say Panthers. Panthers twenty-seven. Uh, Saints twenty. That's pretty close. That's a that's uh, it. Yeah, it's a division game, you know. So I mean, these guys know each other. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a blowout or anything, but I'll say Panthers twenty-seven twenty over the Saints, um, and I will say Goat. Um, I am gonna say I'm gonna say PJ Williams. That's a good. That's an interesting choice. Lattimore is probably not gonna play if he's in concussion protocol. Andrew, what you got? You know, I'm expecting more from the Saints this week. Um, I think first of all, this is an easier game to scheme uh, for a couple of reasons. Number one. Sean Payton knows this defense. They, he knows they light that defense up at home. Yeah, I mean, he's on the got road, a good history so against. He's got a good history against the Panthers. I think, you know, the Panthers have only given up three points. Um, they played clown. Off. They played clown. Yeah, offenses. well, that's what I'm saying. Is that, you know they haven't really faced anyone, and so this will be a different type of offense for them. An offense that has had success against them mm-hmm. in the past. Um, you know, I also think. The Saints have had history against Cam Newton, and you know Newton's banged up right now, and 
Um, you know, there, there's been times where he's lit up the Saints, but he's not playing great so far this year. And so, you know, he, he doesn't have Olsen. Uh, McCaffrey hasn't really taken off so far, and I'm, I'm hearing Dave now. I, Dave hasn't even said it yet, and I'm already hearing him saying, just you wait. Just <laughs> you wait. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I think this is an offense that's not peaking at the moment. Uh, they, they don't look great. They're 2-0, and but uh, they haven't played very good teams. So I think the Saints are going to come out and they're going to surprise. Now, I'm not saying they're going to win the game, but I think it's going to be competitive. I think the fact that it will be close early, it's going to allow the Saints to run Peterson a little bit more, to run Ingram especially a little bit more, and uh, kind of settle in and not have one of these games where they have to throw every play where it exposes Breeze to a ton of hits. Um, so I think the Saints are going to kind of hang around. Uh, maybe they make a, a, a play late in the game to make it interesting. I think, you know, Carolina wins. Um, I'm going to say 31. It, it's going to be 31, but the defense is going to play better. They're going to get maybe a turnover or two and a few sacks. Um, but in the end, I think the Saints lose 31-27. Go to the game. Uh, well, I'll I'll say uh, I'll say that you know the player of the game for the Saints. Um, I I think Mike Thomas is going to have his coming out party. Uh, the Panthers. I don't think they're as strong at corner. Uh, Mike Thomas to me hasn't had a great first couple of games, uh, and I, I think this is a game where he goes over a hundred and gets a couple touchdowns. I'm gonna say. Uh, the last four games with the Panthers have been decided by three, three, five, and three. And as bad as the Saints were in 2015 and as good as Carolina was, Carolina barely beat the Saints in the Dome 41-38, and they barely beat them at home 27-22. Uh, remember, uh, Josh Norman had the pick in the end zone when mm-hmm. uh, when uh, the Saints didn't even have Breeze. So I think the Saints are going to come out. I think they're going to play really good. I think they're going to start really well. Um, I think they might even get a little bit of a lead and be up 7-10. And we're going to be feeling really good. But then the defense is going to ring. It's going to show its head. And at the end of the game, they're going to need a stop to get it to get off the field to win the game. And they're just not going to get it. And Cam's going to make a throw or a run or something. And it's going to end up being 27-23. Carolina, but the Saints will cover the spread. Uh, and your goat of the game will be Ken Crawley. He'll have one of those. He'll be in perfect position to make the play that he never, ever makes. Because he's Ken Crawley. So you think he's actually going to play? Because he's been, been inactive. He's been, in, he's been inactive, weeks. I think. But if Lattimore doesn't play, it's like you said. It's used, like you said the oh, first yeah. couple of weeks. If, if, if Lattimore or P.J. Williams, if they get hurt, Crawley goes from inactive to starting. Like he jumps. I, I think they're going to, I mean, listen, they, they had no regard for Damian Swan and they put him out there numerous times concussed. Um, <laughs> I, I think they're going to accelerate Lattimore. I, I bet he plays, man. I, he's really, I, I almost, man, I, I hate to, to, re- he's really, he's really good. Like he, he looks it. I mean, I, it, hey, hey, let's, let's, Let's cool it on the anointing water, Ralph. No, no, he's no. not as bad as what we're used to. I think he's going to be really good, but we'll see. So I'm picking. So. I'm picking. I'm picking Carolina twenty-seven, twenty-three, and Crawley's my goat. Um, so that about wraps up the show. 
thanks for everybody for uh, listening and donating. We appreciate all the donation. Fantasy football, I beat you, or Juge, I beat you this week, correct? Barely. Uh, uh, yes. I beat. Did. We our teams are sad and pathetic. We didn't even yes. score eighty points. Well, wow. thanks, uh, Dave. David Johnson, thanks a lot. <laughs> you know. I got Adrian Peterson. Make me an offer. Uh, so for, for Andrew, give you a Kit Kat bar for Andrew half eaten for Andrew for Dave uh, I'm Ralph until next week the bar is closed This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.